This episode is brought to you in part by Harvest House Publishers and the new book, The Good Gift of Weakness. Discover how human weakness not only allows God's strength to shine, but it was all by His design. The Good Gift of Weakness is now available wherever books are sold. You're listening to episode 104. Mm, I want you to be a well-rounded kid. Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we are going to be talking about strengths-based parenting because, let's face it, uh, being a well-rounded individual doesn't seem, or it doesn't actually work that well. <laughs> Case in point, myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know about you, Daniel, but I remember this instance where uh, coming from a very engineering background family mm. and just realizing that I excel more in communication and arts and English, so on and so forth, but my parents feeling like I needed to keep my options open. And so grade 11, that's when I actually was able to drop math and drop sciences because I knew going into social work, I wouldn't need those and wanted to take some extra different courses about writing and social justice, so on and so forth. My parents were like, no way. You have to make sure you are well balanced, that you have a math and science brain and excelling in whatever that you're good at. So they were like, nope, too bad. You have to do all of it because you have to be good at all of it. Yeah. And the fact is, that is predominantly the culture that we all grew up in. When you look at the last hundred years of psychological literature, and I, I think it's less than that actually, but, but basically there's this ratio, there's a study done where there's a ratio of positive articles to negative articles, and it was about 14 to 1, negative to positive actually. Oh, so focusing on your negative characteristics yes, or negative attributes yeah. and how to make basically those how better? To fix. Yeah, how to so fix. Okay. a lot around, and that's why in psychology there's the DSM, Whatever, what is it now? Four, five, 10, 20. <laughs> but it's the whole manual of disorders. It's the manual of what is wrong with you. And psychology has been driven by the pursuit of figuring out what's wrong with you and how to fix it rather than what's right with you and how to make that better. So Don Clifton, and and our, if you've been listening into our podcast for quite a while, you know uh, that I'm a strengths-based, or not a strengths-based, a, a strengths performance coach with Gallup and have been doing that now for... 12, 12 years, years. I yeah. Think. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, this philosophy and framework in and around life and in and around development has been such a huge part of how I coach, how I pastor, how I lead, how I develop. And as parents, uh, now that our kids are beginning to really form their own personalities and, and the, the, the differences between them are becoming more and more stark. Yes. The more older, more apparent. yeah, the older that they get, uh, we really wanted to do do an episode in and around strengths-based parenting. Now, in the show notes, we'll put a link to an episode we did way back when, uh, when we were still in Nashville on on the marriage side of it, strengths-based marriage. But today we really wanted to focus on this. And here's the core principle. And this comes from Don Clifton, who, who is kind of the grand pooba of all of this. What would happen if we studied what was right with people 
rather than what was wrong with them? Mm, that's a really good question. Uh, in I took social work in university, and part of that was focusing on, they called it strengths-based. So focusing on the strength of someone rather than always looking at the story that they're telling or the narrative of them being a victim. Be like, well, what was what could you do or what have you done in your own life that looking back at me like, wow, I can't believe that I did that. I can't believe I overcame that. And then continuing on through that narrative. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And when you think about what is strengths-based parenting, this is the approach. It's basically an approach to parenting where you are going to know how to notice your children's talents appreciate their talents, support their talents, and help build on those talents. So let's give an example of of what we're talking about. Think back to the time you came home, maybe it was high school, and you brought your report card home. And let's say you came home with a B in English, a C plus in social studies, an A in science, and a C plus in math. Right. So math and social studies were the C pluses and you liked English, but really, I mean, you got to be and it's not too bad, um, but you just didn't have as much time to focus in on that because you're trying not to fail social studies. <laughs> and and what was that math? Right. So how would your parents react? Uh, I know this already because it happened <laughs> where I would have stark contrasts of like 95s, 100s in the art section mm. and then in the math and science, maybe B minus, yeah, B or B minus. And I remember my parents getting me a tutor. Yeah. Because yeah. that was that was pretty <laughs> much failing. Yeah. And that's it, right? I mean, most and, and honestly, it's not even whether it's a B, B minus, C or whatever, honestly, by virtue of us just being apart and living in our culture, whether you're aware of strengths or whatever parenting model, you basically look at that and you're like, of course, of course you're supposed to work on your weaknesses. Of course you need to put all your yeah, energy in that. extra stuff came easily. Don't yeah, worry about yeah, don't it. Don't worry about that. Yeah. And that's the crux of what we're talking about right now. We want to talk to you about strengths-based parenting, not deficit-based parenting, and not weakness-improving parenting. Right? Here's an example. Right. If you had a B in English and let's say you loved English, you loved it, you loved writing, you wanted to be a writer. But the only reason you got to be is because you're spending so much time trying not to fail math and social studies that you just did the bare minimum and you just scrape by with a B. But you actually really did like it. Imagine what would happen if your parents were to have said, OK, you know what? A C plus in social studies and math it's not yeah you know what how about we just get you to a b what would it look like for you to get that c plus to a b rather than trying to make everything a's what if we just try to get that to at least a b maybe a b minus just a little bit better what is it that we can do to help you in that but that b and and in conversation your parents realize just how much you love writing and how you kind of come alive and they notice they spotted in you this you have these journals and you have creative writing and really the only reason you got that b in english is because you're spending more time doing creative writing than your assignments <laughs> and you just you're just like oh and and let's your parents spotted that and literally they would come into your room because you were and and at night because you were reading and you're like hey it's bedtime and you're like yes but can i please just finish this chapter and and that was just what 
gave you life and they said to you, hey, okay, child, let's bring that C, those C pluses to a B minus. But that B, I've noticed, I've realized just how much you light up when you read and you write. What can we do to stoke that fire? What can we do to improve your English? What? How can we come alongside? Imagine what that would have done to that child. Oh, I'm smiling <laughs> and getting like tingles up my spine because I really truly believe that uh, if my family had done that for me, that it wouldn't have taken me so long to realize what my passion was mm. because I was developing it as a child and they were encouraging me instead of discouraging me. Yeah, so it's the whole notion of strengths, right? A focus on strengths rather than a focus on weaknesses. Now, what we're not saying is to ignore your weaknesses. Strengths-based parenting does not ignore your weaknesses as a parent or your children's weaknesses. This is all about approaching it through a management perspective. So how do you manage your weaknesses and how do you help your children manage their weaknesses? And and just super quickly, weaknesses are essentially where you or your child will experience common obstacles or high levels of stress. Okay, so we're today not going to focus too much on that side of it, but rather focus more on the strengths based. And that's really the point of this all. What would, ha- what would happen if we spent an inordinate amount of time on our strengths while managing our weaknesses rather than an inordinate amount of time on our weaknesses and a small portion of our time on our strengths? So, Daniel, you've been talking something and something just popped into my head that was interesting. You kept saying over and over again of not just being able to spot your child's strengths and talents, but also seeing it through the lens of your own self as a parent. So we're not just focusing on our kids then? Yeah, that's exactly it. There are two components to what we're talking about today. Number one, it's what are your strengths? What are your talents? What are the areas that give you light and life and mm-hmm. love in, mm-hmm. in, in all of it? And, and that you might be bringing in and you might realize what those are in the context of work in the context of relationships, but have you ever wondered how that affects the way that you parent? Because it does. So that's the first component. And the other component is you spotting what your children's strengths are and helping them discover that and grow in that as well. So it really is two components to that. So a lot of introspection. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the only way we're going to get better. (laughs) It's really true. I mean, we can read a lot of books. We can watch YouTubes. We can watch uh, TED Talks. We can do all that stuff and learn all these skills and everything. But if you don't know the foundation of what you are strong at and what your children are strong at, you actually might be focusing in on areas that aren't going to derive the greatest ROI, right? Return on investment. Or you could be knowing or not knowing your strengths and focusing on your own weaknesses and projecting that upon your child. Like, oh, I struggled with this all my life. Well, you're not going to struggle with that because I'm going to live vicariously through you. So you are going to excel in math and science and be an engineer or so on and so forth because somehow that is gaining acceptance from something else maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's sum it up here and, and we'll get into really today's episode. Uh, we're really wanting to help you do two things. Okay. How do you spot your children's strengths or future strengths or their interests? And then how do you help them turn those interests into strengths? So that's the core of what we want to talk about today. 
But before we get there, I just wanted to outline what are the keys to all of this? Because this is a framework we're talking about. This isn't just, this isn't actually common knowledge and neither is this just even general knowledge. This is an approach to parenting, a unique approach to parenting. And there are two keys to this strengths-based approach. The first one is you need to first know and understand your own talents. You need to first know how to best apply your talents within your children and your family. That's the first and foremost piece, the introspection piece. Exactly. And we are not going to have the time to get into talking about your strengths as parents today, but please refer to our show notes in between.org slash episode 104, because we will link resources for you to go on that self journey as well. Yeah. And the second thing is how do you discover your children's talents and help them develop their talents into strengths? So if that if if those two are the keys to everything that we are talking about, here are just three quick points that we need to understand about this framework. Okay, the first and foremost thing, even before the three points, the overarching framework is that we are all unique. Just look at your fingerprint. Your finger there's no one on earth ever <laughs> has been, is, or will that will have that same fingerprint that you have God has designed and this is because he loves you so much he has designed you uniquely and that fingerprint is just an evidence to that we read in the bible that 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 God knows the number of hairs that are on your head and that means the number of hairs that have fallen out today uh or and and all of that so that's we we need to understand that we're all unique but here's the thing we parent through the filter of our own personal talents Right, and that's why we need to know what they are. It's it's so important that we appreciate our children's individuality. That they are not us, mm-hmm. we are not them, and our children are not all the same Good either. Point. Right, and and when we understand those two things, really, yes, we need to understand what our talents are. Yes, we need to appreciate what our children's talents are. But we need to understand what the difference is between the two. And we need to be able to appreciate the differences, not just the commonalities. I know sometimes it's maybe easier to parent or to even be with one child who, you know, it's not sandpaper against each other because you look at life certain ways that are maybe more similar than other children. But it's not just focusing on what's easier. It's really taking the time to be able to call out the things, the talents, the gifts that God has given your children and call them forth as well. Yeah, exactly. There's an incredible book that we've been reading called Strengths-Based Parenting. That is by Mary Reckmeyer. Don't worry, we will put it in the show notes as well. But I wanted to read these quotes to you. The first one. The fact is, parenting requires more responsibility and has more impact on the future than most people's professional work. Yet there is no formal or prescribed training. <laughs> it's so scary. It's one big social science experiment. It really is. It really is. Yeah. And you know what? At work, you would be expected to do professional development. And before even get getting hired, you or even after getting hired, you would be expected to do training and, and you need courses to know even in all. your like uh, interview, what are your strengths? What yes, are your weaknesses? But you in parenting, <laughs> there is none of that. You are just thrown into the water and expected to swim. Yeah. And you wonder why there's that stereotype around counseling uh, about talking about your childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. It's not a stereotype. Yeah, your your mother and father wounds. Yes, it <laughs> goes deep. It, it goes so deep. So yes, that's why I. That's why honestly, kudos to you for even tuning into this episode. Kudos to you, and this is why we love our podcast family because you guys, just by virtue of tuning in and taking the effort to listen to these episodes, you are so much further ahead than the rest of our population who's just trying this, trying that, parenting based off of how they feel and or how they were parented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. All right, second quote. Well, there isn't a prescription for parenting, like we were talking about. Studying the childhood of adults who are doing well reveals common threads, common experiences, and a common belief among their parents. Decades of studies suggest that those commonalities are treat children as individuals, respect their natural inclinations, talents, and interests. So that's what we want to talk about today. We basically want to help you know how to spot your children's interests and how to help turn those interests into strengths. In other words, it's all about spotting your children's natural talents. But before we get there, we just need to quickly define the difference between talent, skill, knowledge, and strength. So let's start with a strength. A strength is essentially a combination of talent, skill, and knowledge, right? It's the it's kind of that ability to provide consistent, near-perfect performance in a given activity. So a strength is a combination, a powerful combination of talent, skill, and knowledge. So that means talent is how you naturally think think, feel, or behave. Uh, These things cannot be learned or acquired. They're the things that you do instinctively and that naturally give you satisfaction. So in today's episode, we're going to help you spot areas of talent in your children so that you could help build on them and turn them into strengths. And the way we do that is by adding skill and knowledge to that. So skill is basically how you move through. uh, it's, It's basically the steps of a task. How do you do it? And you can learn those things. And knowledge is learning what you don't know. No, right? Learning, um, acquiring knowledge through education or through training. It's factual and it's experiential, right? So think about like this. Talent plus skill plus knowledge is strength. Or let me put it another way. Talent multiplied by investment is strength. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. And this is literally the most important thing to take away from this episode. That talent multiplied by investment is strength. So let me just give you a quick example. Let's talk about Michael Jordan because on Netflix, uh, they released The Last Dance, which is like this uh, documentary about the Chicago Bulls and, and Michael Jordan's last season. Okay, so let's put Michael Jordan into this equation. Talent, and let's just say each of these uh, max out at 10. Jordan was probably a 10 out of 10 in talent. And when you watch that movie and you watch how, or not the movie, the, the, the documentary, and you see how much he practiced in and throughout the whole thing, I mean, the guy put 
10 out of 10 into investment. And investment is how much time you're spending practicing and developing your skills and your knowledge. 10 times 10 is 100, which is strength, which is literally why he's the GOAT, right? He's the greatest of all time basketball player. Yes, even more, more so than LeBron James, I would say so. So that's the case. Now let's compare that to someone else. Let's compare that to someone like a Dennis Rodman. Talent, uh, the guy was a legit player, maybe a nine out of 10 in talent. But when you look at the, 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 <laughs> the documentary, I mean, the guy didn't put in the hours Jordan did. So let's say he was a nine. He maybe put in a eight in investment. And that is what's nine times eight. Is that 72? Yep. <laughs> I was flanking for a little bit. <laughs> Math was neither your strength. was yeah. it? <laughs> So nine times eight is 72. So that is what his ability was. That's what his strength was. So let's think about like, let's say Ronman decided to put in investment and he did in it earlier in his career, but he kind of stopped moving on later on. Let's say he actually put a 10 in investment. Well, nine times 10 is 90 he still wouldn't have been able to become as good of a player as Jordan. Yet here's the thing, and this is why this is so important. So many of us in this remediation type of, of, of parenting, we try to spot areas that our children may not be talented in because we want them to get better. So let's say we identify an area that's like a five in talent. That would be me in basketball. <laughs> Maybe a three. Yeah. And it's like, no, but my dream for you is to be a basketball player. I'm five or, one. Yeah. I think you should get a different dream. <laughs> and let's say it's three. Well, if you practice like Jordan, mm-hmm. right, and you put a 10 in investment, the best you can ever be is 30 out of 100. Maybe high school basketball is for me. <laughs> Compared to if we were to identify an area of talent that's eight, nine, and ten for you, and let's say it's you, we, <laughs> and let's say we identify an area of ten, right? And you only put a three in investment. Actually, you don't even study. You don't even learn anything. You just kind of get by. Well, ten times three is thirty. Thirty. Mm-hmm. But if you put the energy in and you put the time in, then you could go 10 times 5, 10 times 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and you could be one of the best in the world with that. So that is what we are talking about here. And that's why a strengths-based approach to parenting and to life is so critical for us to understand, okay, here are areas of greatest talent. Let's spot what those are and then put an inordinate amount of time in investment in those areas and turn those into strengths while managing our weaknesses. I love how you're using those practical examples, Daniel. That helps us a lot to be able to understand the reason why we are looking at strengths versus a remedial approach. So I guess the million dollar question here is how do I spot my child's strengths? Yeah, exactly. And in New Zealand, uh, there's this 23-year longitudinal study of a 1,000 children. Okay, 23 years. That's a long time. They got a lot of money for that. (laughs) No kidding. And this is what they found. They found that a child's personality at age three shows remarkable similarity to their personality traits at age 26. Wow. Three to 26, which shows that the roots of personality may actually be more visible at a younger, at an even younger age than we might have even originally thought. So I guess in that research, it would show that there are probably some characteristics or some dominant traits that are really starting to shine through then. 
Yeah, exactly. Even when we think about our kids, they're one of our kids is really good at making friends than others, mm-hmm. and they're. I mean, it's they all have their strengths and their right. kind of their one talents in different really, areas. Really, really competitive, and the other one <laughs> sort of shies away from it or could care less. So, when you look at your children, here is what you want to do: you want to look for these four areas and when you identify and spot these four areas you're going to be spotting areas of talent which then you can pour in investment to turn those into strengths so the first area is yearning so what is your child drawn to over and over and over again is there an activity is there a particular environment what is it that they yearn for oh i can think of one of our children like especially during COVID and the pandemic, we have seen this child yearn for time spent with others, like literally crave to the point where if someone comes to our door, no matter if it's the Amazon Prime guy (laughs) or it's a friend dropping by to say hi, they are running full speed to try to talk to somebody. Yeah, so that's that yearning. So I would even encourage you as you're listening to this episode or even later on, share this episode with your spouse and have a conversation about this and try to identify what the yearnings are for each of your children. The second area is rapid learning. So this is all about your children learning a new skill or gaining new knowledge really quickly. So just rapid learning. Mm-hmm. I see another of our child. They have taught themselves through YouTube of how to knit and how to crochet. And it was <laughs> so literally true. just watching one thing and being like, oh, I get it. I'm like, I don't even know how to do I don't understand this YouTube video. And yet you got it. Yeah. And that's not even just with knitting and the other areas. This is a very consistent thing when they want to learn something. It's just so rapid. Mm -hmm. They just catch on really quickly. Mm -hmm. Another area is that of satisfaction. So when your child does something, is there this sense of satisfaction that comes to them that that they, they do it and they're like, oh, I'm so happy or there's a challenge that they have and, and, and they've overcome it and they're just so incredibly beaming. Yeah, we've had a lot of screams like ah! <laughs> when they finally figured something out or we're just elated that they were able to to get something. Yeah, and though that's an area, right, where you want to see, do they find satisfaction in this area over another area? And the last area is timelessness. Have you ever noticed your child becomes so engrossed in an activity that they just lose all sense of time? Mm-hmm. Very much so, where it's like you have to snap them back into reality. So those are four areas that you just want to keep in the top of your mind or in the back of your pocket as you observe and as you parent and as you go through life to be able to spot, oh, that's a yearning, oh, rapid learning, satisfaction, timelessness, because these, if you see these in your kids, these are essentially an area of talent for them. Now, having said that, Gallup does have a few assessments that'll help you identify what your children's talents are a little bit faster than some of these exercises. So that's the the beauty of their research in and around that. So if you have a child that's 15 or older, they can take the StrengthsFinder assessment along with you. and, And that'll be a great thing that you guys can do together and have that conversation. If your child is 10 to 14 years old, they can take the Strengths Explorer assessment. And if your child is under 10, unfortunately, there's no assessment. Uh, but we, what we want to do is actually give you the tools to be able to spot what their strengths are. Now, all these assessments, everything that we're talking about is in the show notes in between.org slash episode 104. 
So for the sake of time, we won't be able to get into complete in-depth explanations of the Youth Strengths Explorer themes. However, we're happy to report that we will be doing, starting in the beginning of July, our mini episodes will be able to break down each theme into detail and examples. And so by listening to that, you will be able to really reflect back and see, ah, I think my child has this. This is how important it is to be able to see and to be able to have the lens of seeing your children through strengths. And we really want to be able to invest and come alongside you in this journey. So let me give you an example. Imagine your children are at the park and you are with them and there are other kids and you just sit back on the bench and you're just watching and observing how all of them are interacting. You're likely going to see some kids who are very much self-starters, right? They're achievers. They're figuring out what's there and, and they want to conquer this and conquer that. And, and you're probably also going to notice other kids who are incredibly caring. Maybe someone falls down and they are immediately the person that goes and helps them. Perhaps you're looking around and you see a child, maybe yours, maybe someone else's, who is quite competitive. They are trying to race the other person to the swing or making sure that the other person knows that they can swing higher than than their friends. Yeah, exactly. Or you might even see some who are just super confident, right? (laughs) Nothing can stop them. They can do everything. Perhaps you see another child with dependability. They like to be trusted and held responsible for getting things done. I think all teachers enjoy that dependable child where they can ask them, hey, put this pylon here and bring it over here. And that child, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, (laughs) they will do that for you. Yeah. Or other kids that are maybe just pure discoverers, right? They love exploring and they're like, how? Why does this work? And they're just wondering how they can break things apart or how thing or trying to figure out how things work i bet that's a child who usually gets hit with the swing right they're standing there <laughs> trying to figure out how the velocity is working and then they get hit in the face oh that's <laughs> hilarious yeah that's true <laughs> uh, perhaps there's a future thinker in the playground the one who's asking you hey after this what comes next what are we going to do after the playground what are we going to do after school what are we going to do Because they are thinking about the future. Yeah. And then you have some with their arms crossed and they're organizing, creating structure, creating order, creating teams. Uh, You're going to see kids like that too. And then there might be children with presence and they love to be the center of attention. Maybe teachers would call them sort of the class clown. They are the ones who are yelling, watch me, watch me now. Hey, 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 watch me. (laughs) Yeah. And then there are those kids who want to include others in and they're like, hey, let's do this together or let's let's go over here together. And they're always thinking about others. So perhaps as we were walking through this description, you're like, oh, no, 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 my kid's like that. Oh, no, 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 he's actually more like that. Well, what we essentially did was we walked through the 10 Strengths Explorer themes. We did that. And if your kid is 10 to 14, then you can actually do this assessment. Like your child can do this assessment and 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 three of the top 10 will come out in the assessment. And the, the, there's actually a, a an action guide that you can walk through with them. But if your child is under 10, your role is not to get them to do that assessment, but to spot these areas and then, and this is what we're going to be walking through right now, help turn those interests into strengths. All right. You know, we like the nitty gritty. So how does this practically work? 
Well, I love what Archbishop Desmond Tutu said. We must look on children in need, not as problems, but as individuals with potential. I'd hope we could find creative ways to draw out of our children the good that is there in each of them. So here's the thing. Let's go back to that equation. Talent multiplied by investment is strength for you and for your children. Once you spot those strengths in their lives, those talents in their lives, what does it look like for you to spend time helping them develop those skills and building their knowledge base? So for example, so let's say you have a child who is a discoverer, right? They love making connections. They love trying to figure out how and why and all of that. Well, your role as a parent is to pour investment into that. So for our eldest, who is a discoverer, one of the things that we noticed was that she loves to know how things work. One thing that we've been encouraging her to do is to find things that she can take apart and learn the mechanics of how things work. When we allowed her, when we called that out in her and said, yes, it's okay to take that pen apart and see what does that spring do? What does the ink do? So on and so forth. She just lit up because Mm -hmm. actually she wanted to before, but she was afraid the whole other part of what if I break it? Yes, exactly. So we did put some parameters like, can you please ask us what you're going to take apart? Yeah, like, that's right. Please don't take apart my computer. Uh-huh. She does want to take a computer apart eventually. So we'll find one that's broken already and mm-hmm. being able to take it apart that way. But by literally just saying, hey, we give you permission to do this. If this is something that you love to do, please spend time doing it. Yeah, so we need to spot what these areas of talent are for our children. And then we need to like pour investment into them so that they can grow into strengths. And here's the thing, maybe you might spot an area that you're like, oh yeah, I think this is an area of talent for them. And you try to put in investment and and you try to get them to do a course on it or a class on it or develop you know skills, knowledge, all that stuff. And they are not responding. Time cannot go any slower. Well, maybe that means that's not actually an area of talent for them. So then you go on to another to see. So it really is this combination of, okay, what are their areas of greatest talent uh, or the potential talent? And then you begin testing them by pouring investment into it. And let's face it, sometimes as parents, we are too close (laughs) to be able to see the full picture. And so I think another way is being able to collaborate with others who know and care for your child. Your teacher or your child's teacher spends a whole year being able to see them in different lights in the classroom, uh, during gym, during lunchtime, playground, so on and so forth. So perhaps have a good discussion with them of specific patterns that they have been able to spot in your child. Another thing is, especially with the new school year coming, if you have certain things that you're spotting in your child, feel free to highlight that to your teacher. For example, one of our children hates to speak up literally, literally hates to speak up. And that is not a strength for her. However, she's a very quick learner. So you think if a person's quiet all the time, you may think they don't have the answer. However, if you mention it to your child's teacher saying, this child doesn't speak up a lot, but really knows a lot more than they're saying, perhaps the teacher can encourage them to speak up or perhaps find another way that they're more comfortable communicating. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And here's the last point. Do this in community. Don't try to do this just by yourself, 
but rather share this episode with some friends that you have and have a conversation about this. Say, hey, let's learn what our strengths are together and let's actually keep each other accountable to know how to spot the strengths in our children. Even getting together and spotting the talents and strengths in one another's kids is going to be helpful too. Basically, you want to create an environment where this becomes common language because that'll help you do this with intentionality and bring it to the next level. Now, here's the thing. As we come to the close of this episode, it's important to understand that this is a two-sided coin. So yes, it's definitely important and critical to know how to help cultivate your children's talents into strengths to be able to spot them. But here's the thing, you also need to cultivate your talents into strengths as well. So if you haven't yet done the Gallup Strengths Finder, make sure to do that. Learn how to focus on your top five, model the way. And we have another episode where we talk all about that. So for all the show notes of this episode, make sure to go to inbetween.org slash episode 104. And like Daniel mentioned, if there is someone who you want to be a strength spotter alongside you, make sure to send them this episode, inbetween.org slash episode 104. All right. Well, thanks again for listening in to today's episode. Christina, next week... What is our focus going to be on? Next week, we're interviewing Kara Meredith on talking to your kids about racism and justice. All right, we'll catch you next week.